0: Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast, episode 10. Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Russell. This podcast aims to educate you about outdoor living skills, give you a first-person approach to wilderness ecology, and provide you with a glimpse into the different methods people are using for sustainable living. To find out more about our programs, please visit schooloftheforest.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I know it's been uh, a little while since we were... Since we were together on the podcast, I'm noticing a trend in that where I just kind of fall off the map with these a little bit, but uh, I've got a couple lined up, so hopefully we'll have some more. I'm sitting uh, virtually with my good friend, Arthur Davis, who works at the Rich Earth Institute here in Southern Vermont. How are you doing, Arthur? Doing well. Thanks a bunch for having me. Yeah, this has been, this has been, we've been trying to get this lined up for the better part of a year now. It's true, I know.
1: Here we are, though.
0: Yeah, we're finally there. Just between me going to Maine and COVID and all that stuff. So, but we're finally getting it done. Um, so Arthur works at like I said this place called the Rich Earth Institute in Vermont and they are Well, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about what the Rich Earth Institute does?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll start with with the Rich Earth Institute and then I'll come back to how I how I got involved. Um so Rich Earth Institute is a um uh, a nonprofit research and demonstration um organization in in based in Brattleboro Vermont and we um we seek to we kind of uh well I actually I should I could just pull up our mission statement which I <laughs> there you could, go you all could go go to our website and find it yourself um we'll put all I, those links right. in the show notes yeah so um what we, um, what we, uh, let's see. Oh, here it is. So uh, we engage in research, education, and technological innovation to advance the use of human waste as a resource. Um, and specifically, a lot of our work, uh, we work on uh, recycling urine. And um, the reason for that is that urine is um, a very small part of the wastewater stream as a whole. So if you think about um, you know, the, the all the things, all the stuff that's going down your either your sewer to your sewer connection or to your septic field or, or whatever kind of wastewater system you have, you know, you have your, your, your toilet, uh, you know, your, your um, you know, your human waste, which is your poop and your in your urine, and you got all of your flush water. You have all your sink, your shower, all of that. And so the actual urine is a very small amount of it, but it's a very large amount of the nutrients. Um, and so about 80% of the nitrogen um, found in wastewater as a whole is just in the urine. And about you know 50 to 60, 65% of the phosphorus that's in wastewater as a whole is just in the urine. So in terms of um, removing uh, of uh, nutrients from wastewater um it's a really great uh kind of uh, you know place to start um because it's it's rel- you know it's a relatively small volume and a relatively high amount of the stuff we're trying to get rid of um so we want to get rid of nutrients in wastewater uh because when nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus get into surface waters they do what they do, which is they fertilize plants. And in the aquatic environment, that means algae. And um, so then you get kind of this, the algae blooms, um, which cause a, a, you know, a kind of cascading uh, negative effect on the um, aquatic ecosystems. So say in, you know, in here we are in Southern Vermont, um, our water, greater watershed is the Long Island Sound watershed through the you know, via the Connecticut River, and the Long Island Sound, in fact, does have a lot of um, uh, n- nitrogen loading issues, um, and so that's kind of the the local the local story for us. But um, you know, lots of places throughout the U.S. and throughout the world have you know nitrogen or phosphorus issues in their surface waters.
0: Sure. So, what does uh, what does collecting that look like for you guys? How do you um... What does the day-to-day look like in, in trying to reuse human waste for, for good
1: rather than- Yeah. Yeah, so we have a, um, we, we run a community scale urine recycling program here in the Brattleboro area. And as, as far as we know, it's kind of the first of its kind um, on the community scale. Um, there are certainly lots of researchers and um, academics and, um, and also industry people who are, who are working on various aspects of urine collection and reuse. Um, but so far as we know, we're kind of the first kind of like grassroots, uh, like community-based program. And so we that's kind of our main research platform. It's like, it's how we get most of the urine that we use. And um, and uh, kind of is a is a great platform for for uh, kind of piloting a lot of the the, uh, the things that we work on. So um, the, basically, we how it works? A,
0: is, yeah, go for
1: it. Yeah, so we, we basically have a um a well, we have this kind of like cadre of um of volunteers in southern Vermont, and they pee, uh, they collect their urine in um, mostly in these five gallon. Containers that we that we've built with uh, that have funnels mounted on the top, so you can either, if you're someone who stands to pee, you can either pee right in it, or you can, um, you know, pee into a container, sitting down, and then pour it into the funnel. It's an easy thing to pour into, and it has a has a little kind of a check valve with a ping pong ball in the funnel, so it keeps <laughs> the smell from coming back. And then people, no. uh, most people, then they get their five gallon jugs and then they bring them into our urine depot which is right in town and uh, there's a 24/7 that's such a
0: great phrase that you would never hear anywhere else a urine depot yeah.
1: I the like urine it. depot some people call it the pepo but uh, you oh, know
0: that's pretty good
1: uh, but yeah so we so people bring their jugs there and then there's a there's a pump uh, you don't need to pour or anything you just kind of set your your jug up on this little stand and insert the wand into it and it just pumps it up and um and then we come every you know i don't know maybe every couple months or so and pump that out um and uh and then some some people have larger collection we're moving towards slowly we've been working on some state permitting um to have to allow people to Collect on site um, at their at their homes, both in a kind of a plumbed plumbed system, which would be using like a some kind of urine diverting toilet fixture, either a flush urine diverting flush toilet or a urine diverting kind of composting toilet, mm-hmm. and uh, then they would and then that would go into a tank that then we could come with our truck and just pump directly out, um, or gotcha. some people have a non plumbed large storage. Um, which is also able to be permitted now in the state, which is great. So that's been a big that's been a big uh, push recently, is is working towards some some of these more uh, other other ways for, for a collection and storage to be permitted in in the state.
0: So, talk to me about how you got um, how you got involved in this. You know, with people that have listened to the show for a while or listened to the Jack Mountain podcast that we're on, know that. We're big proponents of the human error system. It's what we use at our all of our school locations and stuff like that. But that kind of works in it works in a community setting where everybody knows how knows the drill and it's managed well and all that stuff. But it sounds like the Rich yeah. Earth Institute, you guys are taking this big picture, um, which is which is awesome. Um, there's totally. you know to see it to see it in a bigger scale than just like little individual kind of. You know, I use humaner in, our, in my home and that's great, but um, to see it on such a big scale is really cool. So I'd love to hear like your interest in that and how you got into, it's not everybody yeah. I know, Arthur, that got into collecting pee and research. Collecting
1: that. urine, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah there's, a, um, so when I, was in, when I was in college, I, um, it was kind of my first foray into alternative human waste management and um, uh, where I went to school, I worked at our environmental studies building, and we had a um, uh, what's called a living machine, which is actually a system designed by a guy who I think is from Vermont. Um, and um, originally, anyway, it's a it's kind of a a, a system that um, is designed to mimic the ecology of a wetland. So basically, you know you. You know, all the wastewater goes to it, and it goes through a um, first. It goes through an anaerobic process to to get the nitrogen to um, to a um, uh, to to a, like from its organic form to to uh, to a, um, ammonia, ammonium, and then it goes through an aerobic part of the system, which basically is like tanks with bubblers and bacteria Uh, and then that transforms again and then finally the last part of the system is it goes back to anaerobic and it turns it back into atmospheric nitrogen which is which is totally a great a great thing and it was really interesting to learn about it Um, and you know in a lot of ways is actually fairly similar to a lot of what a lot of um, more advanced wastewater uh, treatment plants do um, in terms of in terms of uh, removing nitrogen, but um, one thing about it is it's it's pretty energy intensive. It doesn't, uh, you know, it still still relies on water, um, and you know that that was just for this one building. And you know, it seemed I don't know, it, it was like it really got me into thinking about like, oh, how do we deal with our waste? Um, But um, then I learned about rich earth and which just happened to be in my hometown, which was kind of lucky, I suppose. And (laughs) um, so I, uh, oh, and then also, I guess, I suppose I'll mention this too. I also spent some years working on uh, sailing ships, which obviously have, um, you know, a lot of needs in terms of waste management because You know it's a it's kind of a you know a the whole world is shrunk down and you have to deal with all the stuff yourself right right so that that was really interesting and we actually did urine uh urine separation on the boat that i worked on mostly um actually mostly to save on flush water because we were really limited in our tank space um and whenever we used the the poop toilets we had to flush the toilet with salt water and then we would just be filling up our sewage tanks with salt water right um, which then meant <laughs> we had to go in and pump them out more often right. so the, the urine tank kind of helped it didn't require a flush and and so it saved a lot on tank space so uh, there's a lot of like kind of interesting reasons to to rethink how we how we deal with our waste um, but um, anyway, so uh, I learned about rich earth, and and I it just made so much sense to me that, um, you know, we our bodies already do, you know, this amazing job of separating out, you know, this one substance that is really rich in nutrients and doesn't actually have a lot of, you know, risk of path uh, of like, you know, human harming pathogens, and we have this other product that we make that's like, you know. Obviously, has a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot more organic matter. Also, some nutrients, and that's where the, most of the pathogens are. So, like, we're, but we usually when we go to the toilet, we just put them all together. And so, right. um, it, you know, it, it it in some ways it makes a lot of sense to to um, to kind of take advantage of the fact that that we uh, that that they can be separate. Um. So anyway um, that's kind of I guess that's kind of the story so I, I started out working working for them part-time and it's kind of grown over the years
0: so so explain what you do what you do for rich earth now what yeah
1: are- so we um, I well I run I kind of run the logistics of the, of the community scale uh, urine collection program and so that entails a lot of uh, Kind of getting people, getting people who are interested on board and 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 uh, and collecting at home, um, and kind of you know troubleshooting people's issues, um, you know taking care of the depot and um, and also going around and pumping people out. It also involves um, you know making sure that our so our our process is permitted through the state and we pasteurize all the urine. And that, the reason for that is to deal with any, basically to deal with potential fecal contamination, because we're obviously not there uh, at the source of collection every time. Right. right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, um, so we, we pasteurize all the pea and that basically entails bringing it up to uh, a certain temperature for a certain amount of time. In our case, we bring it up to 80 degrees Celsius for about 90 seconds and that um is you know the the standard for for that and then the last part of of running that is then working with farmers who we work with who um put it on their on their land as fertilizer and we mostly have been working with hay um thus far and also on some on an experimental level uh with with uh food crops like lettuce and carrots but uh, commercially, at this point, we're mostly using it on hay crop.
0: So you you guys have a uh, a competition with the with the urine collection, don't you?
1: We do, yeah. We, we it's kind of a uh, informal, uh, you know choose your choose your competition level of of competitiveness. Uh, we <laughs> call it the piss off competition, and yeah. uh, we actually we actually have a, a a trophy that we made that goes it it's just one trophy it moves around to the to the household that that gave the most in any in any given year it lives at their house for a year and then we then we it goes to the next house
0: i love stuff i mean like i said this is the stuff like this with the community building um for sustainability is it usually seems like such a boring thing for people to do but it's so easy to make it this like i mean it's 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 definitely ridiculous but it's it's fun like that whole idea of turning something really, really useful into a game is how human beings have gotten anything done ever. Um, So I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think people really like, yeah, they're really, it it helps, it helps create excitement about it and makes it feel like, like we care about them. I think like, obviously our project wouldn't run without,
0: without all the
1: people who are, you know, you know doing something that they don't necessarily need to do um mm-hmm. and uh so we you know we really try to uh to engage uh, engage in and show appreciation for for that involvement as much as as much as we can
0: sure so the um you mentioned giving you know taking the urine to farmers and stuff what other kind of kinds of research are you guys doing with the urine is it specifically yeah, for uh,
1: fertilizer, or do you have other stuff going? Uh, most of our end, end, most of the end use that we have worked worked on is fertilizer. There are other folks um, at other institutions who have, um, you know, who have thought of other other uses. Um, that I actually don't know a ton about in terms of um uh, potential for for urine collection um um there's a there's a great group um in switzerland um that actually makes like a a really concentrated fertilizer product that you can just like buy at i think I imagine it's kind of like the Swiss equivalent of Agway kind of thing <laughs> um you know you'd buy like your fish fertilizer. You know yeah. for your host plants and this is basically that except it's it's like concentrated pee from their from their uh system
0: that's so cool
1: um, which is really awesome yeah and, it's great uh but a lot of uh, a lot of the research that we're doing um well one thing i'm really excited about in just uh staying on the agricultural front for a sec is this summer we're working with a bunch of farmers uh who we haven't worked with before and on different different crops that we haven't worked on before, um, and so that's really exciting. And that'll just be, you know, both both a opportunity for us to explain, expand to other um, to other you know agriculture uh, you know practitioners around the area, but also to kind of gain um, gain more insight into into um, how how farmers are use how farmers use it and and kind of what their experience is like. Um, so we're going to be working with uh, with cut flowers and with hemp, and uh, and with some cold hardy figs uh, grown in a in a greenhouse um, as well. And I think as well as corn as well.
0: Very cool. I'd be interested to see how that how that pans out.
1: Yeah, um, and, so- and looking at different way methods of application. So one thing we are going to be doing with that project is uh, Doing some experiments with drip irrigation, um, which will be a, a kind of a new, a new, uh, a new thing for us in terms of yeah. Terms
0: of... So the um, the the way we got started talking about you coming on here was a day sitting at our other, our, sitting at our friend's house, and we were both sitting in these rocking chairs by the fire, and I mentioned, I believe I mentioned that. Um, I was really interested in trying cold distilling um, right. to make alcohol. Um, and then and, and, and there are just moments in life where you you realize you've surrounded yourself with people that are much smarter than you in very specific <laughs> ways. And this was one of those moments because I mentioned that I was I wanted to try to do that with apple cider. And you yeah. went on to explain that you guys were doing something sort of similar, but in order to make fertilizer. And I just, I just remember sitting in that rocking chair, thinking, "Yeah, I gotta do, I gotta do bigger things with my life." I think. <laughs> uh, so well, talk make, a little bit about that as jack. much as you
1: can. Making applejack is pretty. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very scientific process, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so basically, that, that's true. So, uh, one of the things that we're we've been working on is is how to how to effectively concentrate urine, because as a uh, as a wastewater product, from a wastewater standpoint, urine is very concentrated in terms of its nutrients. But as a, as kind of a, in the fertilizer context, it's actually quite dilute, um, and has a lot of water, which means that, you know, it's expensive and energy intensive to move around. So there's kind of an incentive to, um, yeah, to to concentrate it and take water out of it before we transport it. Long distances, if we need to do that, and so um, uh, yeah. So one thing we've been experimenting with is is freeze concentration, and base it basically uses that that same principle as as making applejack, um, where you you free and it. Uh, I first actually learned about this concept working with uh, maple sugar makers, um, in with you know on a, uh, if you have maple sugar. Uh, if you have trees tapped and uh, and they're going into buckets and you go out on after a cold night and there's ice that's formed on the top of your bucket and the old timers who I you know talked to they you know they, they say you, you go in and you and you dump out the ice because the ice is just pure water and the you know the liquid in there is already a little bit concentrated at that, at that right. point so basically what's happening is yeah as as the temperature goes past the freezing point the, the pure water crystals are the first things to, to to crystallize, and and those you know the the soluble solids are are kind of not freezing in that matrix of, of of water crystals, and so that basically that's what we're doing with with the P is is working on a way to kind of efficiently do this, um, and and like you know be able to kind of recapture that that heat. So we're you know so we're using using energy in an, in an efficient way, but basically, right, taking, taking pee, freezing it, and then, and then as it thaws out, we basically can collect different fractions. We start out with a really concentrated uh, product at the beginning, and then in the middle, we have kind of a product that kind of will go back into the, into the you know, be recycled to the process again. And then at the end, about the last 50% of it is just basically pure water. I mean, it has a tiny bit of the nutrients, but like really an infinitesimal amount. Now, we, I think we've gotten about nine using our kind of proxy of, of, uh, of, of the way we measure it, we've gotten about 98%, 98, 99% of the, of the nutrients out in about the first 50% of the liquid. Um, That's crazy. We're just basically throwing away, you know, pure water at the end. If you were, you know, if you were on a, if you were doing a system, you know, if you were in like outer space or something, you could even like, you know, you, reuse that water through some process and then and come out with water, potentially that's, or something.
0: Yeah, it, it still baffles me that that's that there, are, that that's an option. I just I my brain yeah. just doesn't work that way. So to hear you speak about it so uh, so effectively and simply is incredible to me. So what, uh, what are you guys looking to do going forward with it? Is it just to scale up and get more farmers using your guys's uh, fertilizer? Or do you guys have other stuff in mind?
1: Yeah, well, one, one thing we're, we're working on now is uh, that actually is kind of uh, incorporating the, the, this concentration uh, step um, is, is working on kind of a building scale system, um, that like a, you know, a building could, uh, you know, could have, could install a bunch of toilets and then, uh, install this system. And then, you know, a sanitized fertilizer product would be the, would be the output on site. And so, yeah, we actually kind of have right now, we just, we just last year, we kind of launched with this, Seed money that we got um, from the National Science Foundation. We've launched kind of a, a a for-profit arm of the institute, and that's kind of what that is. What we're working on through that is um, uh, working on a system that then we could kind of you know get get out in the into the world um, for for people to use, and so that's that's really exciting because I think it's very exciting. Those are the kinds of things that that are that that people will need to to be able to say like, oh, the, this is an option. Like if I'm building a building or retrofitting, uh, you know, retrofitting this building, this is a, like, this is a thing that we could choose to install, you know, along with, you know, the myriad of decisions that you make in, the, in those contexts. Um, yeah. It, and eventually
0: it just becomes the norm, right? The right. rather than it being, I love that rather than just like sending our waste away for someone else to deal with where we're actually dealing with it. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool here.
1: And I, I, you know, and I just love how it solves multiple problems at once, both dealing with the kind of pollution side, but then also kind of the self-sufficiency, you know, resilient side and like thinking about how, you know, especially in these, you know, times of, you know, uh, climate climate, uh, change and, you know, how are we gonna, you know, an area be a little bit more self self-sufficient in terms of in terms of that thing and efficiently utilizing the resources that we do have as a as a community so
0: i like that I, especially the community aspect of it rather than it just being you know a bunch of people in lab coats doing this one thing and then writing it down and never thinking about it again you guys have essentially the whole city of Brattleboro Rattlebor- involved in this, right? Like, that's awesome. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean,
1: and certainly there's a lot of, I mean, I would say certainly the majority of people of Brattleboro aren't participating at the moment, but right. you know, I think that, like, there's, the, there's so much potential for it to become more, and I think, you know, as it grows, it'll have a, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see a difference at the level of the town in terms of, like, maybe, like, kind of what the town is outputting. You know into the into the river say yeah Um, and uh, that's that's a really exciting uh, yeah
0: especially I mean I can't imagine you know I'm not from here but you know the Connecticut seems like it could be such a pretty river but there's so much stuff in it and I can imagine that growing up here the idea of doing a little bit to make the Connecticut cleaner must be must be pretty cool
1: yeah for sure yeah
0: so we're coming up on the half hour mark and i always like to end these by uh asking the guests to give me one sort of experience they've had in the natural world that's kind of stuck with them um doesn't have to be anything doesn't have to be super meaningful it can be funny or or meaningful if that's the way you want to go with it
1: oh let's see i think well this was this this was a meaningful thing this is the first thing to pop to mind but uh i think uh well i've 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 long been since i since i started sailing uh a number of years ago i've just like really come to like be really obsessed with the sky and stars and you know i like those memories of being at sea at night and just like seeing stars in every you know 360 degrees around all the way to the horizon just feeling both so you know both so small and and kind of sm- small but not in a i don't know yeah just like but like a part of a part of the world in the, in, a, in a in a in a in a in a way that you don't necessarily get to experience all the time but then the other so that's kind of the preface but the the time where this was maybe the most dark was a couple of years ago when there was the uh, total solar eclipse. Um, I was uh, out actually working on a sailing ship in uh, Washington state and uh, I had the week off that week. And my friend and I, we drove down to Oregon to be in the, uh, in the zone of, of totality. And we, we uh, hiked up this mountain in the Willamette National Forest in, um, in Oregon like west, uh, yeah, west, uh, east of um, east of Portland, and um, we uh, we didn't really know what was at the top of this trail, but we were just like, we're gonna hike up and find a spot to to watch this thing, and we we hiked up there, and we you know, there's this big like kind of rocky outcropping, and you know we, it was maybe a little bit unsafe, but we tried to you know we kind of clambered up there, and and uh, and we got up there right kind of you know in time to kind of be there for it for it to happen and it was yeah i i would say for all your listeners my personal opinion it's worth going out of your way to see a total solar eclipse
0: oh i can only imagine that's pretty cool
1: it was really just yeah a totally bizarre experience because all of a sudden it was like the middle of the day and i could see stars it was totally it was a it was um yeah, made me both yeah feel very, very lucky to uh, to have gotten to experience that in such a place. Also, I understand why uh, why people in previous times probably got really freaked out when that happened. <laughs> terrified of them, <laughs> right?
0: Um, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Arthur. This is yeah, this is great. For um, I'll be sure to link to everything with Richards Institute in the show notes and, um, awesome. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on and thank you all for listening. And I hope we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Christopher.
0: You've been listening to the school of the forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, I hope you share it with a few friends. <laughs> If you did like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other of the major podcast hosting platforms. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more about School of the Forest programs, please check us out at schooloftheforest.com and get in touch with us at any of the contact information you'll find on that site. Thanks.